All right, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I am AJ Hoffman, joined as I am every single week, twice a week even, uh, by Griffin Warner. You can find him on X at the real underscore G Warner. Griffin, how we doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, looking forward to another big weekend. I feel like Thursdays are uh, when we record, and you probably might see it Friday morning or listeners might hear it Thursday night if you're really into us, which I we, of course, appreciate. But Thursday nights are really tough to find stuff to play in. And uh, Fridays are always dead. So it might just be like we do. And Mondays are usually quiet. Maybe that changes with Monday Night Football getting further away. But really, it seems like we're a Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday uh, type of podcast or just college basketballs in general for those days. So uh, maybe I can catch up on some sleep or, uh, I don't know, catch something on Netflix over the next few days, but probably not because I'm still watching stuff from Tuesday. However, I'm looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be a day full of, uh, do I want to play this? How much risk do I want to take? And uh, that's why we are preparing everyone on this podcast. Yeah, I had five college hoops plays today, so maybe dead to you. I was still very active. Not to you, I, which I actually saw you on the list of... Uh, People that are up an incredible amount of units. I know you had a great NFL season, but 74.1 the last 90 days. Uh, maybe we should be finding some of those value plays on Thursdays when <laughs> uh, everyone wants to go out to the movies or something like that. That's that's the time to dig in the dumpster, I think. All right. Uh, we've got some decent games here um, this week or this weekend. And it start. I mean, there's one clear game of the week, and it's Alabama at Tennessee uh we're going to project Tennessee as a four-point favorite these two teams both top 10 in Ken Palm uh Tennessee obviously the the home team here where they have just been a juggernaut most recently depancing Florida um we kind of thought that might happen and it did I don't no, I, I've been kind of down on this uh, this Alabama team, probably certainly more than the market has been. I just think they're they're very poor defensively, and since conference play started, they haven't really played a team that can expose that. Uh, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Mizzou—the four teams they've played in SEC play—but um, we've seen teams that have a pulse on offense. Put it on them. Arizona, Creighton, Purdue, uh, Ohio State, Clemson. I, so I I don't trust this team on one side of the ball enough to consider them elite. And I'd say when you're when you're number eight in Ken Palm, you're looked at as an elite team. Whereas Tennessee, I, I just feel like they're the kind of team who's going to be able to put the clamps on anybody. And the one exception so far this season, the, the team that that really put a big number on them uh, was North Carolina that was on the road, yep. it, that's a team that has uh, really, I would say, even like unmatched size. Uh, that said, this Alabama team is big. Do you, I, I don't know that I trust them enough to say that, that Alabama is, is ready for this step up, especially considering this is kind of a, a sandwich, or I don't want to say a sandwich spot, a look-ahead spot for them as they've got Auburn on deck. Obviously, a, a, a big rivalry game. So I, I think I am leaning to the Vols here. 
Uh, I, I think, I, again, I, I trust their defense significantly more. And I don't think their offense is all that far off. So I'm going to say that because, because I know Tennessee is going to make it tough for Alabama to go inside, uh, Alabama is going to have to hit outside shots on the road. I think that's a lot tougher. So uh, give me the Vols minus four in uh at home as I, i've just gotten to where i, I don't want to play road teams hardly at all it's got to be just a crazy number four is not enough for me what do you think yeah um i'm hoping they might throw out a three or something like that on one of the early openers bookmaker about online maybe DraftKings. if you're in some state other than texas it has some legalized form of gambling um not really sure when that will ever occur but uh i guess that's for a different show or podcast <laughs> um don't want to repeat myself, but pretty much Tennessee is play at home or you skip the game, I think, is, is kind of how it goes because they are really good at just absolutely demolishing teams. Uh, and unfortunately, I thought I was over it, but we're back to Alabama, who uh, I've not had a lot of success with this year, I must say, aloud. Uh, they got me Saturday night. My uh, three-star best bet uh, got Mississippi State, who I think were – uh, maybe under 55% from the line and uh, missed, I think, six consecutive free throws, which uh, they were down four at that point. So uh, I think under the last two minutes, they could have taken a lead if they had any sort of capable free throw shooting. But I feel like that might be a, a, maybe a symptom of playing Alabama and they tire you out or something, or Mississippi State hasn't made free throws for years. And uh, fortunately, Tennessee's a little bit different, a lot more of a professional style team, 17th in the nation in free throws. But it's probably very unlikely the free throws will matter. Uh, I think it, as you mentioned, it's going to depend on how well Alabama shoots the three. I think it's very unlikely they go inside against what feels like a maybe smaller than normal with uh, Chamwa gone to, to Michigan transferring out. But I still feel like Tennessee is a gigantic interior, a physical one at that. And uh, Alabama has shown that they really love fouling people. So that 77% from the line might matter a little bit more for Tennessee. Um, to your point about the rivalry, it's a little bit interesting to say that because I, I still think Tennessee and, and Alabama is a big football rivalry. And probably, I mean, in the SEC where it just means more, sorry to steal your, right. your lingo, but uh, it seems to me that um, there are different, certainly, basketball rivalries than there are football rival rivalries. Um, like, for my alma mater, Texas, I feel like Texas, Oklahoma is not really the biggest rivalry in, in basketball, but it's a big one in football. Um, don't know how to rank them, but I do think Alabama probably sees this as one of their foes to potentially winning the, the SEC championships. I don't think there's any sort of look ahead here, um, but I do like the opportunity to potentially play Tennessee. Um, I think you can only do it against the bigger upper echelons of the SEC because they're going to be eight, nine, 12 point favorites to almost everybody else. And looking down their schedule, I mean, maybe when Kentucky comes to town, they'll be around Pickham, it looks like. But the nice part, uh, despite it being my NBA alma mater, is that Tennessee has no look ahead as uh, in state rival. Vanderbilt uh, will not mean much to them. A road trip there next weekend. Yeah, I uh, Ken Palm shows the Tennessee hosting Kentucky at the end of the year is Tennessee minus seven. Mm. So I, yeah. I I don't know that you're ever going to get a team that's like it, within one possession of Tennessee in Knoxville. I, I think if you're looking to fade Tennessee, it's going to have to be when they're at Kentucky. Uh, when they are at Alabama, maybe they, they don't go to Auburn this year, which Auburn is a boy, what a home court they've got going. Yep. Um, so I, I think that, I mean, if, 
if you want to if you want to fade Tennessee, I think the better time to do it is when they're when they're laying massive numbers away from home and you're going to see some of those uh you're going to see them i mean they're laying 16 uh, probably 17 next weekend at, at Vanderbilt yep. um you're going to see them laying probably 8 points later in the year uh, at South Carolina you'll see them laying double digits at Mizzou those aren't comfortable bets to make but I think that's the only way I'm looking to play against Tennessee because I, I think in close games, I, I don't like going against them. And at home, I, I'm, I'm not interested at all. So uh, I, I think that's I think you're, you make a good point there about like when you're going to be able to bet Tennessee. I, I don't think this is the spot to do it, certainly. Yeah. And the nice part is uh, you can always wait to the NCAA tournament where Rick Barnes will uh, where he'll fall. fall he'll fall down dead. Yes, yeah, yes. no doubt. All right. Let's go to the Big East where it means a little bit less than the SEC. <laughs> UConn, we're going to project as three point road favorites. Uh Oh, a road favorite alert. Uh, now, UConn with more Donovan Klingon. Um, Donovan Klingon back in the lineup. Uh, last game only played, I think, 15 minutes against Creighton. They didn't need much out of him. Creighton, my God, what a disappointment that team is. Um, but he is back, which, I mean, you wouldn't even know he was gone. Um, I think that UConn was 5-0 and straight up and ATS without him. So all the hubbub about, oh, how are they going to play without their big man, how, their best player, blah, blah, didn't matter. It didn't matter one single bit. They went out and got the job done every single time. And now they are a about a possession favorite at Nova, who is, again, a team that I, I'm not very high on. I, I mean, I think it, we, we've talked enough about Kyle Neptune and, and what we think of him. Uh, and I really think looking at what this Nova team has done this year, it's hard for me to – like I, I can't knock the, the win – at Creighton, because anytime you go to Creighton and win, I think it's a it's a good win, even if this Creighton team isn't as good as I thought it was. But the rest of their Big East schedule has been okay. Road win to Paul, you've got to you've got to beat DePaul, Period. Uh, home win by one over Xavier, and a, another home win against DePaul. Their other two games losses against St. John's at home, and a loss uh, this week at Marquette really not a competitive game there. And then like even in their their non-con, you look at their their win over UCLA, which we thought was a big win at the time. It's not. UCLA stinks. Uh I think that maybe this Villanova team is about what I thought they were and if they are Yukon again, I I've really tried to get away from from betting these road favorites. This may be one that I can't avoid because I just think Yukon is is nuclear right now. Uh, they're good inside. They're good outside. It, it, like they, they just they, they swarm you. And I mean, Creighton, they they could not hit anything against this defense. I mean, I, I it, Creighton was six of twenty six from three. Uh, uh, they were twelve of twenty six from two. They they it was just it was like there was a rim a a a, a lid on the basket. I mean nobody could get anything going. I don't see how Villanova gets anything going here. They are not a team that has a, a ton of uh, offensive playmakers. And with Justin Moore, like just kind of starting to get back into the mix after uh, 
after missing, what, five, six games, he had two points against DePaul. He had eight points against Marquette. He doesn't look like himself right now. Um, I think right now I, I, I'm still – I'm certainly not – I'm not going to play Villanova here even as a, uh, a home dog, which in years past it would have been really hard for me to pass on. But there's a there's just such a, a huge difference here between Kyle Neptune Villanova and Jay Wright Villanova. I, I don't trust them, so I, it's a uh, it's either lay it or stay away. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's probably stay away for me. Uh, watching the Villanova Marquette game, Villanova was in it and uh, hanging around for a while. But if you look deeper, it's because they shot like sixty five percent from three. I think the first right. half and. Uh, I think even at home in the pavilion or probably at the XL center, cause they want more seats. Um, it's probably not likely that that will occur again. Um, I think UConn are one of those teams where I've just, I've seen them just destroy teams too often that I don't really want to get in the way of that. Um, I'm really looking to try to fade the road favorites who I think are teams that are, are either overrated or I just don't think are very good. And I think UConn has, has really proven uh, Danny Hurley now that he doesn't get technicals every game and isn't giving two points away to the opponent. Um, he's got a great team. They're very deep. They've got a lot of kind of bigger players than names. And I think that's even scarier because uh, if Kling is in foul trouble, yes, that matters. But I mean, honestly, I don't think it matters as much. It, really, I think Villanova needs to hit a ton of threes to win this game. Maybe they do, but uh, I, I feel like you're at best hoping for a last-second uh, shot to potentially win this game for UConn if you're backing Villanova, unless you truly believe that they're going to keep shooting threes at a really high rate. I just don't think it happens, and I think they really struggle with UConn, their physicality, and I think it probably drains their legs a little bit and makes their three-point shots even harder to make. Well, the truth is, I mean, UConn or Villanova is a, a 33% three-point shooting team. They're a very average three-point shooting team. And the, I don't know how Villanova gets any points in the paint, like against this UConn defense, especially with a healthy cling. And like, I, I don't see them getting anything down low. I think uh, Dixon and, and uh, you know, to a lesser extent, Tyler Burton, they're just, they're forced to be like mid-range jump shooters. And if that's the case, it's hard for me to want to back them. So, uh, I think you're right. It's probably best left alone. I, I, Connecticut's just a team that, I mean, if Connecticut's covering numbers without Donovan Klingon, I, I don't want to fade them when he's in there. So, uh, probably a pass for me, but certainly a game to watch. And if Connecticut wins this game on the road, then man, they, they may, they may actually just be the, the best team in the big East, like with a, with a bullet, because it, it's every other team has major flaws. You know what? Except for, freaking Seton Hall who somehow I, I can't hey I, hey now hey now Seton Hall's cost me like every dollar like, I, I don't I have, I'll never beat Seton I thought coming into the season Seton Hall was so beatable and they're just not um they've cost me a lot of money this year so uh, maybe Seton Hall is a lot better than I thought they were but at UConn if they do this then man it, it's going to be a it's going to be tough to see anybody uh really besting this UConn team in conference play so uh, interesting game to watch there. Let's go out. I am oh. very happy, but before we go, I'm very happy you brought up Seton Hall. They are a best bet winner, so it's not only best bet losers that come up for me uh, on this podcast <laughs> so far. Uh, but a 27 to zero run in the second half, I think. Yeah, maybe started end of the first half. Um, I don't think that we see those very often. So I think it was 24 24, and then all of a sudden it was 51 24. And John Fanta was losing his mind over oh, it. Oh, so, as was I, because um, we were on opposite sides of that play. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Unreal. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. 
Let's go out west. San Diego State is at Boise State. And Mountain West, man, it like the Mountain West is legitimately a better conference than the Pac-12, I think, uh, which is is wild to think about. Yep. But Boise, who just doesn't lose at home ever, coming off a home loss to UNLV of all teams. Uh, UNLV got a 68-64 win at Boise. Boise right back in the saddle. Do they start another long home winning streak? We're going to project them a pick here against San Diego State. San Diego State has been, uh, per usual, very solid, uh, particularly at home, obviously. But on the road, I mean, I, we talked about them last weekend uh, against New Mexico, and that's that's a game that I think we both cashed on was or maybe you just stayed away from San Diego State. And- no, no, I I cashed I cashed by avoiding okay. a loss that which is to me just as I important. I cashed by actually playing New Mexico. Uh New Mexico like New Mexico after a slow start just really put them in the grinder and uh we say we saw the same thing with BYU early in the season. They lost at Grand Canyon uh back in December. This is this Boise trip is a tough road trip. It's an elevation trip for San Diego State. Uh, I think Boise coming off their first home loss in forever is a really good, really good play right here. Uh, Boise, I think maybe not as big of a name brand as some of these other teams in the conference, but I, I think they are probably a tournament team. So uh, getting this at a pick, I feel like is some good value here. What do you think? Yeah, Boise to me are always on the peripheral of de- deserving a bid slash I would generally go with them because they don't have as many opportunities when a team of the Big Ten can go eight and eight and have eight quality right. wins probably. Um, I, I think, yes, dangerous time for San Diego State to go in there. Uh, probably is worse for them coming off a a Boise State home loss, but uh, I don't think it was going to be a good, fun time around for anything. And I definitely have bet Boise State in this game a lot of times, and I feel like it's been, when it's worked out, it's been very fortunate. Um, And I feel like this is a a really big test for San Diego State to kind of answer their potential road woes. I think the loss at BYU is aging more and more poorly by the day, though tough place to play. I'm not sure what that kind of how that factors into the mind of the college basketball betting market. But uh, I think this is another almost exact example of New Mexico, but I just like the Boise State style of play. I like their coach, Leon Rice. I like what they've kind of built as a program and that they have some control in how they play basketball. Um, So I'm probably more interested in Boise State than I was in New Mexico, which to me was a, I got to stay away with this one. I think I told you, I said, I'm texting you that I'm staying away with this game. So I made sure (laughs) I didn't bet San Diego State because I really like San Diego State. I think they're a great team, but I think they have some questions to answer away from home. Um, Really just anywhere that isn't a neutral or a home court advantage. I I think San Diego State are best in those scenarios. I still feel like they're a really dangerous team that I wouldn't want to see in my bracket uh, coming up in the NCAA tournament once they get there. Uh, But they're playing for seeding, and and I think they are damaging that with every road trip. So they have to figure that out. Uh, It's just, do you want to bet that they will not figure it out continuously? And eventually, I think San Diego State will get, get around to it. Uh, but they're kind of a new team compared to what went to the national championship last year. So I think there is still some questions about who they are going to be, who they're going to, I mean, the, the big lead 13 point lead at first half against New Mexico that then ended them losing a game in a blowout fashion, like that sort of thing can't really happen if you're going to be a really deep running NCAA tournament team. So I think there's a lot they need to figure out. I think it's a big game for them, but if Boise are just to pick them, I think that's the way I'd lean and probably will even play it. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have a hard time avoiding San Diego State when they're at home this season in Viejas, sure. uh, yep. particularly when they're at home against the other kind of top teams in this conference. Like when, when they play New Mexico, if they're three, four-point favorites, I, I'll love San Diego State there. Uh, but in this instance, I think on the road, yeah, I, I'm with you. So uh, some agreement there. Let's go back to the Big East for Marquette at St. John's. Um, as we just discussed, I am – um, not happy with St. John's these days, but uh, they're a team that had kind of been um, a force. And up until the last couple weeks or last two games, I guess um, they had won. They had won four straight, and then they lost by one at Creighton. And it was like, man, that felt like a good result. And then the Seton Hall follow up was not a good result by any stretch. Uh, now they go back home, where. They have been pretty solid. They they lost early in the season to Michigan before Michigan was dog shit. And uh, they they beat Providence. They beat Butler at home. So some decent wins. They beat Xavier at home. So they've done all right at home. Uh, this Marquette team, I think, had I, – I mean, I, I don't want to say – I don't think there's any must-win games in the middle of January, but – I don't think they could lose. They couldn't lose three in a row. It really felt like things were getting away from Shaka's boys, and they really spanked Villanova in their building. But now they got to go back on the road, and it's obviously think things are tougher. Although I mean, this team beat Illinois early in the season on the road, so it's not like they can't play on the road. Uh, it's obviously just Marquette's the kind of team that's a, a, they're a lot easier to back when they're at home. What do you think of this matchup as a pick? Uh, what's more phony, St. John's? Um, surprise run or Marquette's disappointing start? Which one do you think is more sustainable? And and what what do you think happens here? Oh man, good good question there. Uh, I think St. John's missing Rick Pitino due to COVID. Usually, I'm more worried about the players, but uh, I, I do feel like that maybe had some sort of impact. And I I feel like I mean we'll see. Will we be back on the coaching sidelines for the 11 a.m. Central Time? 12 noon Eastern time start at Madison Square Garden this weekend. I'm not sure that feels like a quick turnaround for someone in their 70s. Um, but I imagine there will be a response from St. John's, whether he's on Zoom or something like that uh, at the practices on the loudspeakers or something like that. But um, I think St. John's to me are there. It's a good team that I think is. Uh, pretty limited in their ceiling because they're basically a completely new uh, outfit and their backcourt is a pen transfer, uh, a bunch of other transfers as well. I don't, I guess need to list them all, but that concerns me. Uh, I think Marquette is a really tough team for me to put my finger on at this point. Uh, it was kind of interesting that they were favored uh, over both Creighton and UConn to win the big East going into the season despite the struggles they had towards the end of the season, I guess they returned more, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but I feel like well, I wish I could go back in time and just take the Yukon lean that I had and actually pushed uh, submit on that bet I was thinking about making. But of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think this is a tough situation for Marquette to go into. Uh, they are the better team. I think as a pick in MSG, which I guess is a big St. John's venue now, but it's hard for me to trust that. I'm not really sure I believe in it at this point. Uh, I think there's more that needs to be proven on the St. John's side, but I do feel like Marquette's a little bit more uh, easy, easily beatable than I feel like we expected them to be this season. So uh, it's the St. John's for nothing or, or nothing for me. I, I think I need to do a lot more digging into what this will look like before I play anything. I, I just worry St. John's, they, they, 
to me, they, they still don't answer a lot of those questions. Uh, Soriano's great, but how does he match up with Iguodaro? That's very scary to me. Uh, and I feel like if St. John's are not able to kind of heat you up, heat the ball up and turn you over, then, uh, and Marquette's great at not doing, not turning the ball over, then I don't know how St. John's gets the like necessary easy baskets to win unless MSG is just Patinoville now and all of a sudden, because Marquette, tra- their fans travel really well. All right, before we get to best bets, Griffin, let's uh, let's tell the people how to save some money at, our, at pregame.com. Yeah, go in there. Uh, we have some discounted packages, but we're even going a discount on top of a discount. Use the promo code JUMP50. J-U-M-P-50, good for 50 bucks off any basketball discounted subscription for listeners of this college basketball podcast only. We're not giving this out to anybody else. You got to listen to this podcast or else how would you get the code? So use this promo code JUMP50, J-U-M-P-50, good for 50 bucks off, good for seven days from this podcast release. So you got until the 26th of January, but why wait? We got a big weekend card coming up. I'm sure from AJ, I'm sure for myself. Uh, and we got a long way to go the rest of the season. What is it? Mid-Jan. So we still got two and a half months or so. And uh, there are going to be a lot of plays coming up. And I'm telling you the season long subscription when it's college basketball, like tournament style, even before we get to the big dance and we're doing the conference tournaments beforehand, the week or two before that, if we go to smaller conferences and stuff like that, there are going to be plays every day. I'm trying to go for a play each day, every season or for the rest of the season, all season. I think I've missed maybe one day because I didn't have any action, but working on it, use the promo code jump 50 and we get some credit for you. All right, Griffin, another one in one week on best bets, shocking development. You carried us once sure. again. Um, yeah, I suck. Uh, at least now I do, <laughs> but, uh, I am going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a swing here. I changed my, my play right before the pod started. I was going to go with Auburn as a big home favorite here. And I do think Auburn is just a monster at home, but there's a team that I was against a couple times and I'm done. And I, I, I still don't know that the numbers have caught up to them. I'm going to go with UC San Diego, the Tritons, uh, and, I'm going to project them laying five at home against Hawaii. Um, This team is a real problem to deal with. They've they've figured something out this year. Um, They have have gotten a few players that were not eligible at the beginning of the season, now eligible. And man, they have just been a juggernaut in this conference, which kind of unexpected. This is a team that... Uh, no, nobody thought this, this, te- I mean, this team won 10 games all last season. They were 10 and 20 last season. Um, they have only been a, a, a D one program. This is the, the fourth year of existence for them. And, you know, the first year was 2021 and they, they played like half a season. So, um, this is a, a team that's, I think is on the rise. And you said something in pre-production that, that, I think is really true. I, I think like this is the last week of the season where Ken Palm still takes into account priors like significantly. Last season is significantly taken into account uh, for what this team is. And I, I don't know that the the numbers have caught up. Uh, this team's already won more games this season than they did all last season. And they're doing it against solid competition. They went to UC Santa Barbara, another a, a really good Big West program. And they went into that building and beat them. I played against them last week. Uh, they were a, a very short dog, uh, or no, they were a very short favorite at home against Long Beach State. And I was like, Long Beach State's still the the class of this, the, like them and UC Irvine are the class of this conference. 
I, I'm I, if I can just you know I'm laying you know, two and a half. I, I feel good about that. They smashed Long Beach State. I, I mean, it was it wasn't even a competitive game. This team is better than anybody I think thought they were going to be, and their ATS at home. They are eight and zero ATS at home. They have covered seven straight games now overall, and the the closest game was a, a they covered by four and a half points. Uh, they, they they had a game where they were a one and a half point dog. They won by thirty one uh, against Cal Poly last game. They they covered by fourteen. I mentioned Long Beach State. They covered by ten and a half. Uh, they're just they are a covering machine right now. Covered by twelve and a half uh, at, at Santa Barbara. This team is is a team I'm not looking to get in the way of anymore. I've learned my lesson, particularly when they're at home. I am going to want to back this team. And anytime Hawaii is off the island, I, I'm kind of trying to find a reason to fade them anyway. Uh, so if I can get this thing within two possessions, uh, I am going to like the Tritons here. They're a, a solid free throw shooting team. They don't turn the ball over and they can shoot. Those are three things that not really in Hawaii's favor. So uh, in a close game, I think those are important. Give me the home Tritons on Saturday uh, against Hawaii. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1. But I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. 
Yeah, I, I feel like Hawaii, they've gotten a fair amount of respect from the marketplace, uh, definitely on the island. But I also feel like they've been favorites on the road a bunch uh, when they come back to the mainland. So I think that five might even be uh, a very high expectation, might be a lot lower than that. And uh, I've definitely been circling around the Tritons uh, and thinking about betting against them. I'm glad I haven't so far with that incredible home against the spread record. Uh, you gave me, so I, I usually throw out some, some games to AJ, probably more than he'd like, but he gives, comes back to me with some projections, uh, a mixture of Ken Palm and his feel for the marketplace. And he gave me Texas Tech, a two-point underdog at home against BYU this weekend. Uh, I don't think you can give Texas Tech any sort of points in United Supermarkets Arena. Hopefully they still call it, it that. It, yeah, it might be a pick em. You, you I might mean, be right. I, I'll give you up to minus four. Uh, I'm very interested wow. in being against BYU. Uh, they're a three-point shooting team that it can work on certain days, but I feel like against that crowd, um, it's it's one of those things where I thought Texas Tech, once Chris Beard left, I thought their crowd would really be just, uh, it would fall apart and might be big for when Chris Beard returned, but they have done a ton there to build that program, and I feel like they're in really good hands. I uh, really like Grant McCasland. He seems like he wants to be at Texas Tech for a long time. Uh, and I'm a believer that Texas Tech is a lot more talented than I think the marketplace is giving them credit for. So uh, take AJ's plus two, pick him if he adjusted it live on the fly. Uh, I'll lay three points, four points. Probably four is, is about my max. Now, I used to a three only, but I, I think I'm extending to four, even though it, it definitely pains me late in games. It would shock me if it if it got outside of of of, of three. I, I can't even imagine that honestly. So BYU is getting a lot of respect. They're, BYU's number nine in Ken Palm. I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying that like maybe a, a little bit overrated, but um, this is a team that is they're 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 playing well and they they're they got a road win already. Yep. Uh, of course, it was at Central Florida, but this goes back to something I said, and and I I tend to lean to your side on this as well. These new Big 12 teams, when they go on the road, I, I'm looking to fade them. Now, Baylor won at Central Florida, another new Big 12 team. I'm talking about when they go to these plays, these road environments that they're not used to playing in. Like, you know, for for BYU, it was like you played in Gonzaga, which isn't a huge gym, by the way. That's the toughest road game you played every year. Obviously, a tough place to play. But then after that, it's like you're not really playing tough road games now you're going you go to Baylor one weekend and then the next weekend you're at Houston the next weekend you're you're at Oklahoma you're at Kansas State you're at Kansas you're at Hilton it's just like every road game is like what the fuck like when does it stop it doesn't welcome to the Big 12 i think these new Big 12 teams it's going to take them a little while to adjust to life on the road we saw it in with Houston uh who sure. lost back to back road games and then what they do when they came home, they absolutely embarrassed Texas Tech uh, yesterday. And I, I think maybe that's a good thing for Texas Tech um, because now they get to go back home. They're in the they're in the driver's seat against one of these new teams. Uh, they should be able to take advantage of it. So as much as I like BYU and I, I've been a BYU backer most of this season, uh, this is a spot where I've got no interest in them again on the road. Uh, and yeah, it's, it actually starts a pretty tough little run for them as they, they've got tech, they're at Texas tech and then their next game is home to Houston. Um, good luck with that yeah. pissed off yeah. Cougars team. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. uh, it, it'll certainly, and then they they play Texas who I, I don't even know what your thoughts are on Texas right now. And then they've got two more road games, West Virginia and Oklahoma and West Virginia, even when they're shitty, it's a tough road trip. So sure. 
uh, it, it, it's a, we're about to see what BYU's made of is what I'm saying. Like it, it, for the rest of this month, we're going to, we're going to find something out about this BYU team. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say that they will not remain the uh, ninth in, in Ken Palm uh, or any of the metrics for the rest of the season. But that's part of what happens when you come to a, a truck stop conference, I guess, as Bill Walton once uh, put it, it's a tough game every night. And uh, some of these teams, I mean, we saw with Houston go on the road, they weren't quite ready for it. It probably will, I think sharpen them, sharpen the tools pretty well for a, a tournament run. And I think the big 12 will look really good there. Um, but until then, it's a lot of teams beating each other up on home courts. And uh, I think that that home officiating does seem to matter in close games or closely lined games. Well, and I mean, it's just I think travel like just the not just like which home courts you're playing on, but travel is so much tougher in the big 12 than, say, like the, the West Coast Conference where sure it's not easy to get to Spokane but every other game is in San Francisco or LA or or the general LA area and like San Diego there's no real tough road trips in that conference I I mean you went to Texas I don't know how many road games you traveled to uh, over over your time there I wish more I think I went to Baylor I'm going to KU this year even though we're probably gonna get stomped because it's the last time uh, so if anyone's out in Lawrence, please let me know where I should go besides the wheel, even though I hear that's a spot, uh, though I probably am way too old to go. Uh, who cares? But yeah, I mean, it seems to be like a really tough spot everywhere you go. I mean, I, I didn't I never I didn't travel for many of the basketball games, but I used to travel for the football games sure. and like. There's no direct flights into uh, to, to Kansas State. I, I got news Manhattan, for you. Manhattan, yeah. Kansas doesn't have an airport. So you you land like three hours away and then you get on a bus. The same thing goes for, for Iowa State. Like those are those are very difficult road trips. West Virginia is a very difficult road trip. And I, I do think there's going to be some growing pains for these guys. So I, I like your pick here. Uh Man, maybe you can. Maybe we can get to a two and zero. How about that? I did I, go I to you know. Sure. I, I hope two and zero is coming. I, I did go to West Virginia recently uh, a couple years ago. I think and uh, very very interesting place there. Uh, put it that way. I think it was one of the worst West Virginia years in a while. They still had Bob Huggins. Interesting at that point, place though. or interesting people. Uh, I you know I know we're we get a ton of listeners from the West Virginia. Uh, metroplex or whatever they call it um <laughs> i just remember we parked on the side of the highway because we couldn't find parking anywhere and no tickets were given it was just like yep that's what people do here uh if there's no parking in the parking lot you go park for free somewhere else and just walk for 20 minutes it felt like so you know it was cool uh i had a great time uh it was uh i tried to get them to play um country roads but if they don't win they don't do it so it was one of the few texas road wins that i've ever been around for and it was a basketball game so uh it's going to be a tight game everywhere you go in this conference i think west virginia will eventually become a team we want to back but i think it's going to take a little while for that to happen all right that's going to do it for another episode of rj bell's dream preview college basketball edition we appreciate you guys listening hopefully we can get you to the window a couple times this week and if not hopefully we gave you some information on on the big games this weekend that you're going to be you're going to be able to add into your mix and and maybe find yourself some winners so we appreciate all you guys for listening griffin thank you as always we'll be back on sunday night talking about the monday tuesday wednesday games and uh griffin good luck this weekend my man You too. Thanks.